episode 177 fracture skulls terminator charms alongside monoxide dead or alive you're coming with me uh, are you sure you're not talking about the band that spins you around like a record baby round 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 well i'm gonna get this one started we don't have much to talk about news story wise so let's check it out So far, we have confirmed public domain horror movies, including Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2 coming out, Mickey's Mousetrap, Bambi the Reckoning, and Peter Pan's Neverland Nightmare. What is this all of a sudden trend of these people that have this fascination of taking characters that were once family-friendly characters for wholesome entertainment and deciding to make horror movies about them i don't know what the heck's going on why that's a trend they take these happy as you mentioned these family-friendly mascots from disney and turn them to bloodthirsty killers it reminds me of you have you ever read any creepypastas yeah remember the suicide mouse creepypasta i don't think so i do i don't know so that, creepy, so that creepypasta was based on somebody who was trying to get back at Walt Disney with a Walt Disney company. So he created a thing called Suicide Mouse, where Mickey Mouse, in animation form, is just walking upon a street with a concerned look on his face. And then this goes on for like two minutes. Goes dead for another three. And then it comes back. And now you start hearing curdling screams from a woman. And Mickey's face starts to get all evil and grinny, and then his eyes start to, like, rot away like eggs. And then he runs into a wall and gets killed, and then you see satanic wording and all that crap. And then eventually, um, yeah, you just see the, the Mickey Mouse face with the music afterwards that makes it look creepy. It, it, this has been going on for a while, taking mascots and turning them into something scary for the little kitties. There's also uh, Squidward Suicide, which was another fucked up one. Um, then, what was it? Dead Fart, which was Bart Simpson. Ah, creepypastas. This is probably where it came from. All these creepypastas from back in the day. Yeah, that's, that's what it feels like. They took all these creepypasta ideas and figure, what if we can make like an 80-minute horror film on these characters? We'll just sit here and wait for the public domain to uh, expire or whatever. Or, you know, or, or these properties to expire become public domain. That's basically what they did. But again, as I said in the last episode, you can theoretically do this if you make it into a goofy horror film, which is not what the Winnie the Pooh movie was. It was not goofy at all. Pretty fucking weird, because it, it didn't steer into the goofiness territory. It didn't go into a complete serious territory, so it was kind of like a weird imbalance. And... The result of it was is that you've got two guys who run a horror movie podcast who couldn't understand what they were trying to aim for, and neither of us liked it. Yeah. Uh, but I guess the curiosity did was high enough for them to make a sequel. And the trailer's going to be dropping uh, at the end of January. So, so what was uh, the box office for that movie? Budget was 100K. Box office, 5.2 million. Fuck me. No wonder they're making a sequel. Now it makes sense. Yeah, now it makes all the sense in the world. Jesus 
sacrificed a hundred grand and they were still able to gross five million dollars? Yo, man, where, where are our priorities as an audience to want to go? Hey, hey, if you wanted to go see this, more power to you. I'm glad I didn't spend any money. Now, does that also include subscriptions to Peacock? I don't know. I don't think so. People were intrigued enough to want to go and pay a ticket to see this fucking movie. That, yeah, pay a ticket or, or, yeah, pay to see it. Yeah, people paid to see this. That's crazy. I'm sorry. That is fucking crazy. To me, and, at least. And, and all those other films I announced, with the exception of Mickey Mouse, the studio plans on doing a shared universe. With uh, Bambi the Reckoning and Peter Pan's Neverland Nightmare. I can already imagine what Peter Pan's Nightmare is going to be like. I, it, it, this is all from the same exact company, so it's like, oh my god. I don't know how they're going to incorporate it. You know, I just contradicted myself, because I'm just so speechless that these fucking movies are just being made. And... It's not even like a few days into the, the new year. We're not even a week in and we're already getting news of horror movie Mickey Mouse trailers. In August 2023, Frank Waterfield, who wrote and directed the Winnie the Pooh horror, set, announced that Pooh will use a chainsaw as a weapon in the sequel. And, and a month later, that September, Pooh and Piglet were confirmed to have new designs and teaser images with new characters Al and Tigger also confirmed to appear. Waterfield has also expressed interest in making films about Thor, Teletubbies, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the Powerpuff Girls. He could do Thor because Thor is Greek mythology. How does he expect to do the other ones, though? I don't know. He's probably going to find a way around it. Yeah, because those won't be public domain for like another 70, 80 years. None of us will be alive by that point. I mean, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I, there's a way to you can get around that. You could have like four turtles. Um, you go, you can make them make them look like ninjas without calling them ninjas, and then they could be killers, and call it something else. There's a way around it. I'm pretty sure. And what, and what about the Teletubbies? Uh, there's a way around that too. Have four colorful, kitty-like, Cabbage Patch Kids. Type design and make them killers, telly killers or something. In the end, they're gonna need to hope that they become public domain much sooner rather than later. I mean, we we got a new cinematic universe here. Do we it, it, a cinematic universe that nobody asked for? No, I, I I thought that until I read five hundred million for fucking Winnie the Pooh. Wait. 500 million or I mean, five, five, five million. There was probably a morbid curiosity out of the whole thing, but now that's it all depends. That's true. Now it all depends on the Grinch's success because that was also turned into a horror film. The sequel, this Mickey Mouse horror film, are they both going to be? Because you already did it once to keep the audience engaged into wanting to see all these characters become horror movie villains. Now that's a little bit more of a difficult process. Well, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens because uh, I I can't believe this is <laughs> this, this guy's nuts. This is crazy what's happening now. But again, maybe make it a little bit more goofy. Yeah, I I would, I would agree. They they probably think the idea itself is goofy, which it is. But the presentation, you could add more humor and like I don't know, I don't know. I 
Just the idea of making turning them into like horror slashers. I guess this is the future of the slasher genre. Possible, but I I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I prefer a different character entirely. Maybe something a little bit more original. Because if you're going to be more serious with these characters and how they're presented as horror movie villains, we're in for a rough ride. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I bet you can't. I love Winnie the Pooh. Blood and honey. Step one, get a bear. Step two, blood and honey. Oh, blood. Oh, honey, honey. Well, the only other news story I got is uh, Universal Pictures is the highest grossing studio at the 2023 box office. This is the first time since 2015 that Disney has not been number one. And whose fault is that? Your fault. Yeah, totally my fault. A straight white male. I didn't yeah, go bother to see Wish. And the Marvels. How dare you? What are you, Gladys the Hippo from Rocco's Modern Life? <laughs> How dare you? And well, that's all the news stories I got. Oh, okay. I guess we'll leave it at that then. Dead or alive, you are coming with me. And you are going to be one bad motherfucker. And I'm talking about the 1987 classic, RoboCop. And what a thing? near-apocalyptic Detroit evil corporation, Omni Consumer Products, wins a contract from the city government to, private, to privatize the police force to test their crime eradicating cyborgs. The company leads street cop Alex Murphy into an armed confrontation with crime boss... Crime Lord Boddicker, so they can use his body to support their untested RoboCop prototype. But when RoboCop learns of the company's plans, he turns on his masters. Is this your first time viewing a Vo RoboCop? Funny enough, yes, it is. Wow, I'm surprised. Uh, then again, you never really watched a lot of like '80s action films growing up, have you? Not really. I just never had an interest in this movie. Never was had an interest in RoboCop character either. Was was it was it the title? You're like, eh. Just everything surrounding it just didn't terribly excite me. It, like, RoboCop. Okay, great. I don't know. I just always thought of him as a poor man's version of the Terminator. It just didn't seem right to me. So when you told me we were either going to be doing this movie or The New Exorcist, I was just like, eh, fuck it. It's off my bucket list. It's a movie that resonates somewhat with American culture, Robocop. Might as well just knock it off. And, uh, yeah, it's off my bucket list. At least I've seen it. Yep, you've seen it. And I got to ask you, what did you think of it? It was fine. It was not the Terminator. The Terminator is a way miles ahead better film. And keep in mind, I'm just talking the, the first one. I'm not even going to throw in the, the sequel. If we were just to compare the first Robocop and the first Terminator, the first Terminator blows this movie by a mile. Well, Tony, totally they're both two different films. 
Yes and no. They're both sci-fi. They're both action. But the first Terminator is definitely more of a horror element because it's a thriller with a robot chasing the two main characters. Whereas this, RoboCop is not a villain. RoboCop just happens to be, unfortunately, a police officer that was killed at the line of duty. It sucks because, obviously, uh, how you would say, uh, the guy gets killed and not only that gets his memory erased, so now he literally is nothing but a walkie-talkie robot. That being said, the movie itself is fine, but it wasn't perfect in my opinion. There, there were good things about it. It's not a film that I would watch over and over and over again, for sure. Well, the film was directed by Paul Verhoeven. This was his big breakout movie as a director. He's gone and done other films. He's done Total Recall with uh, Arnold. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that one. I doubt it. That's, a, that's another fun uh, action film. He uh, directed Starship Troopers. Another mm-hmm. another underrated sci-fi film. I think it's definitely reached cult status. And tonally, it's very similar to this film. There's a lot of there. There is a lot of satire in this film. I guess satire on like the consumer market, how like you kind of see those cheesy commercials, like they did like a battleship, like a satire. What was it called? Nukem. Duke Nukem. Yeah, before Duke Nukem, I think. What was Duke Nukem like? The late nineties. Roughly, maybe even mid nineties. Good argument, nineties. <laughs> I buy that for a dollar. This is going to to the late eighties and almost entering into the nineties per se. So, um, yeah, so watching it, it was the way it starts off is that you got a lot of people that are committing crimes. Obviously, this uh, town of Detroit is committing a lot of crime. And so there's this company that's trying to come up with a new way to stop criminals from committing crime. So this guy comes up with what, what was the, uh, Weird machine that he came up with. What was it called? The OC the PC ninety nine. It looked like the, the design of it looked like something out of like um, the Future War and Terminator. Yeah, it was like ED two ninety or whatever the fuck. And unfortunately, the thing is completely not ready for the public because as soon as. He tries to demonstrate it. He gets one of his people to hold a gun and point it at this weird device. And the device tells him to drop the weapon within 20 seconds. He does. And the thing still is registering it as he's still holding the gun. And so it blasts him away. After said incident, another person in that group decided that, oh, hold on a second. I've got an idea. I'm going to swoop in and I'm going to woo them. And that's when he comes up with the RoboCop idea. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get more in debt with that. Um, Dick Jones, yeah, uh, Ronnie Fox's character, Dick Jones, he's the vice president of this, I guess, his weapons manufacturer company that's been given the grant by the government to design weapons to help find a way to control Detroit. So he comes up, as you just mentioned, with this big machine. Obviously, I guess... How do you describe it? Sorry, sir. It was a glitch. Like, dude, this guy is dead. <laughs> yeah, the way they no-sold his death. They no-sold just... the shit out of him, which is great. It wasn't just him. Everybody. Like, everybody, everybody that was... Did. 
the guy gets shot, and they're all like, well, that's lunch. Let's go and get something to eat. That's lunch. Let's keep on moving. Ain't shit happens. <laughs> this happens all the time in his office. And by yeah. the way, the old, and, and the old man, the CEO, is the same bad guy from Halloween 3. Oh, God. Yeah, I, I, now it makes sense, because some of these faces were familiar. One yeah. of which being the guy that you already told me about as soon as I was starting this movie, who plays the dad in that 70s show. And Kurtwood Kurt Smith is the actor's name. And one of my biggest complaints is... I get it. I get it. This came out in 87. This was prior. I was hoping for him to at least say dumbass at some point. <laughs> he didn't say it once in this film. That's dumbass, like if you put up your ass. Yeah, like we need him to say dumbass. <laughs> that being said, um, that said, um, after this incident happens, uh, Miguel Ferrer's character, Bob Martin, comes in with the sweep. And he brings up the idea, well, I have my own uh, program I've been working on, the RoboCop program. He says, you know, give me your blessing and I'll have it for you. I'll have it ready for you. And he says, all right, fine. So he kind of comes up for the sweep and that pisses off uh, Dick Jones. And as he's walking away, one of the guys says, you know, you just made an enemy out of uh, Dick Jones. You just might want to watch it back. And of course, you know, Bobby's like, I don't give a fuck about him. He's a loser. He's a has-been. You know, the future is now. The future is RoboCop. He says, now we yeah. just got to pour sap, you know, to uh, qualify for this program. And then that's when we get, that's when we get introduced to uh, Alex Murphy, played by Peter Weller, a role originally attended for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really? Yeah, Arnold shot it down because um, he wanted to do Predator instead. Probably made a better choice because then he was just going to be typecasted at this point as a robot. And, and I know putting on that RoboCop suit was... Uh, a bitch, I could imagine. I'm pretty sure Arnold didn't want to be wearing all that prosthetic makeup. Yeah, and and it's quite interesting because if you really want to be technical, if you really want to be technical, ladies and gentlemen, is RoboCop is a WCW alumni. Oh God, he <laughs> appeared in World Championship Wrestling to save Stang. He saved Stang. Great day. I, did they actually use Peter Weller for that spot? Highly doubt it. Highly, highly doubt it. it, it it's possible. I just doubt it. I don't know. I don't know who's under the RoboCop gear when they did that WCW thing. But Peter Weller, um, he does a lot of TV now. He does TV. He does a lot of directing. He directs a lot of television shows. Playing Alex Murphy later to be the RoboCop. So he was he was just a recent transfer from another unit. He got transferred here to Detroit. His partner is Ann Lewis, played by Nancy Allen. A lot of people may know her from the original Carrie movie. I know she's done a few Brian De Palma movies. I think she was in a relationship with him at one point. But uh, yeah, they um, they get called. These burglars are on the run, and then they got to go find them, catch them, and send them to jail. And that's when we get introduced to our bad guys. As we mentioned, the father from that 70s show, Kurtwood Smith, playing Clarence. If I was to do a list of my top 10 favorite movie villains, he would be on there. Because he was just... He was a mean bastard. He did not give a fuck about anybody. Yeah, and the way he treated cops was pretty <laughs> deplorable. 
This is what I miss in my villains in today's modern media. I just want them to be bad and evil. And I love how, I mean, I'm skipping along here. There's a part where he Robocop is beating the shit out of him to the point where he's got blood in his mouth. And at one point, he spits the blood in Robocop's face and goes, fuck you. I love that part. He says, you, are, you have the right to remain silent. Spits in his face. Fuck you. Don't do a glass window. Ah! That's basically how he tortured. He kept throwing him through glass windows. It was great. Even when he takes it to the police station, when they want to get his fingerprints, he just spits on a paper. Fuck you. Just give me my phone call. <laughs> yeah, it's great. He's, he, he's, he was perfect in this movie. Yes, he definitely was. I'm I'm not going to lie. He was very, very entertaining. He was great, and I liked Miguel Ferris' character, too, Bob Morton. The I mean, we, we see more of him later, and then we find out what later happens to him. But, you know, long story short, they find out where the bad, the bad guys are hiding out in some uh, factory. Uh, they kill a couple of them, not all of them, but eventually Alex, Alex Murphy gets caught in a crossfire. And man, uh, did they shoot the shit out of him. Yeah, they shoot his arm off. Yeah, they shot his arm off. I mean, folks, by the way, this is rated R. This is 80s action, so you know these movies were violent. It's not a gory movie, but it is a violent movie. It had its fair share of violence, yeah. There, there's a couple of scenes in here that I could say that it would have been uneasy for people in the 80s, especially since this was still a new avenue that people were poking through. Yeah, so they shoot this guy, they shot him up, they shot him dead. They shoot his body up, and then they shot him in the head, and then they left, leaving uh, oh, Nancy Allen yeah, by herself, and she basically had to watch her partner just get shot up to death. Eventually, they try to they take him to the hospital. I think they thought they could save him. They didn't save him. And then the screen goes black. And then when it when we get a picture again, it's like we're taking it to some laboratory. We're seeing it's like a POV shot. We're seeing basically what the RoboCop sees, and they're basically he's basically being installed into the RoboCop suit. And time goes by, you know, it fades to black. And then next time, we get another picture. It looks like the new year has gone by. Happy New Year! So now you know. Okay, time's going by. This is taking you know. Just to get this whole program together. And then eventually, uh, you know, we've seen status reports. That's when Miguel Furch probably drops one of my favorite lines in this movie. You're going to be one bad motherfucker. And then that's oh. when we get the RoboCop. And of course, he's walking through the police station. All the cops are like, holy shit, because they want, they're all like, like, what the hell is this? They see him in the shooting range. They're all impressed by him. I mean, they're all just like, ooh, ah, just drooling over him because it's like, wow. This is this is like our first robot police officer. I mean, there is, there is a, a little bit. There is a subplot about the cops wanting to go on strike. Was it this I, movie that invented the robot walk, or was that robot walk prior to RoboCop? Because the way RoboCop moved, he moved like what the stereotypical robot would move like. Hmm. Um. I guess. Sure. I don't know. Peter Wilson did a really good job with the robot moves. I thought it did very well in that suit. I, again, I could imagine, especially if it's hot outside, you got to wear that heavy armor. I mean, that that can't be easy. Uh, yeah, that suit looks like a nightmare to maneuver around. Yeah, they said um, like every day he lost about three pounds because of just just because he kept sweating in that suit to the point they have to like install a little air conditioner or like a little fan in the suit just so he cool off so he won't pass out. You know, God forbid if he gets a heat stroke under that thing. 
I hope for the later films they were able to accommodate whoever was in that suit and make it a little bit more durable. Hopefully. So we see we see the RoboCop in action. He stops a robbery at a local convenience store. He stops two blur- burglars uh, from raping a woman. I think he shot the guy in the balls through her dress. That was crazy. It was like he could decipher <laughs> where to shoot through the dress so it wouldn't hurt her, but it would hit him. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then he stops. Um, I, I think the mayor was being held hostage by, uh, I guess, the guy that was running against him. He stopped that guy. He threw him out the window. And, uh, and the RoboCop is the talk of the town. He's the hero. A lot of people like him. There, There is hope within Detroit. This, this, this RoboCop, he's saving the day. And, of course, meanwhile, back at the office, Bob Morton got the job position that this that he took from the other guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get the scene there in the bathroom, and, like, and he's talking shit about him, and, like, and all the other business guys and suits are like, uh-oh, and they all quickly leave the bathroom, not realizing that guy he's talking shit about is in the stall next to him, or, or in the toilet stall. Yes. So he comes out, and the other guy that he was talking to, he didn't even bother washing his hands. It looks like he pissed himself but he's like i gotta go i gotta meet you i gotta meet you and then and then then that's when these two had their scene together and he was like you know i was a young man like you once i said things about the old man iron butt i i even once called him an asshole and you know there's a fine and i draw a fine line when it comes to guys like you unfortunately you just crossed it can i ask you who was the good guy out of these two Sounds like there was a good guy. That's the thing. There was no good guy in between these two. They were both bad. It's just that... One was worse than the other. And that was Dick Jones, because he was so spiteful. Yeah, he was so spiteful. He was so jealous, because he lost his his job title. He's no longer vice president. Miguel Ferrer's character is Bob Bourne. He is, because of uh, the success of his RoboCop program. Yeah, it's not exactly this man's fault that he had a better idea and it worked. Yeah, because later, because later on, he's because I think he got invited to a party. He was like, "No, no, I'm gonna have two girls in my house. And we're gonna fool around." Basically, like he was gonna fuck them and, and do drugs. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. Yep. And I guess we'll head to that scene because that was his death scene because that bathroom scene was basically making him a marked man. Not, and of course, Bob Morton doesn't realize that. But he gets a knock on the door, and it's our and it's our our uh, our favorite dad from that '70s show. He shows up. He's like, "Bitches, scram!" <laughs> Just the way he said. Did I mention I love him in this movie? One of my favorite villain performances. Well, the guy himself was great in that '70s show. The way he used to belittle Topher Grace's character. So he, it wasn't a shock to me that he excelled. <laughs> He's like, "Bitches, scram!" <laughs> shoots him in the leg, puts on a CD, basically confirming that um, Dick Jones hired hired him just to basically kill him. Sets a grenade in his room, killing in his house, killing uh, Bob Morton. Now with Bob Morton out of the picture, Dick Jones by default will be the vice president again of this company, and he can finally go through with his military cop program. Yay, I guess. Yeah, so that's the end of that. But meanwhile, RoboCop, when he's, um, I guess when he's logged out, when he's resting, he starts glitching because he starts getting memories of his former life. Alec, the brain of Alex Murphy is coming through. 
and they thought they wiped out his memory. At least he, they were supposed that, you know, he doesn't remember anything of his previous life. He's no longer human. As Miguel Ferrer said, he is, he is our property. He is our program. Robocop doesn't think. He doesn't have an imagination. He's just a robot. He does what we program him to do. But Robocop starts thinking. He starts dreaming of his past life. And eventually he gets out. He goes to his former home where at least his family used to live before they moved after he got killed. And then he starts getting memories of the bad guys, the villains that shot him up and killed him. And one at a time he starts, he's going through the police files, matching their faces, learning their names. And basically tries to hunt them down and bring them to justice. Was was it the gas station next? With the college oh, on the bike? That's right. Well, no, I think the uh, the... The scene with the gas station was before he went back to his home to discover all these different things in his private life. Because when he went after this guy, he's like, who are you? Who are you? And then that's when he was going in through the memories and finding out he was once Murphy. Yes, because when he said, dead or alive, you're coming with me to that guy. And the guy's like, wait a minute. I heard that tone before. I can't be you. You're dead. And then that, and then, okay, you're right. Then that's when... Robocop started getting his memory. Right. I was like, wait a minute, yeah, we did have an encounter before. And then he went through the police files. Then he went back to his old house. And then that's when everything started coming back to him. So after that, um, after he kills Miguel, uh, he kills uh, Miguel in his house with a grenade. Uh, I guess we're taken to the drug house where uh, Kurtwood Smith, he basically wants to take over whatever drugs this guy's running then they all i mean there's almost gonna be a big shootout between these two uh crime bosses before robocop shows up and of course i I just love the scene when they all whip out the guns and he's like "Ooh, guns 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 how exciting (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know i'm about to watch youtube video of all his best scenes because i just love this character so much but of course robocop comes in starts shooting them all up some of his, uh, some of, um, the Clarence, one of, some of his, uh, henchmen make the escape. And then that's where we got the big scene. He has him up. You know, you're, you have the right to remain silent. Puh. Fuck you. Ah! Oh my God. Yeah. And, and it's the blood all over That's when he confesses to Robocop. Hey, look, I'm a hired man. This, the guy, the real enemy you want to get is Dick Jones. He's the one that hired me. He wanted me to wipe this guy out just so he can get his spot. And sooner or later, he's going to wipe you out so he can eliminate that guy's program so it can be his program. And then that's yeah. when that's when Robocop brings Clarence to the police station. And then he goes to the he goes to the corporation building to confront Dick Jones and arrest him for, for hiring these men to do these killings. But of course, as he's about to make the arrest, his body all of a sudden starts twitching and malfunctioning. And it turns out in the program, you can't arrest a... Uh, he says, you can't arrest me because I work for this company, and you're not programmed to arrest us. That's right, then, yeah, so he has to wait until he loses his job, which we'll get to that. Yeah, which, yeah, we'll get to that, but then he has his little fight scene with Dick Jones' uh, C9, that Terminator kind of big giant machine, and uh, Robocop fights it. He's able to outrun it because the thing can't walk down the stairs because its feet are so big. Mm-hmm. He gets away. Uh, but the cops are downstairs because he, because uh, Dick Jones called the cops saying that the Robocop is snapped. He's trying to kill me. 
and all the cops try to shoot RoboCop. RoboCop's trying to get away. He's nearly hurt, damaged. But Ann Lewis makes the save. She saves them. They drive out of there, and then they hide out, uh, I believe, in one of the uh, the same factories that the bad guys were previously hiding out before, before they left. And then that's when he takes off his helmet. He reveals. You kind of see his face. By the way, the special effects, the RoboCop design was done by Rob Botton, the same man who did the effects for John Carpenter's The Thing. And I think it looked fantastic because he got in an argument with the director about how the lighting should be. Because Rob Bond went to his thinking, if he's going to put all the light on Robocop, it's going to look fake. That, it, that you know, his face looks too prosthetic. But mm -hmm. the director got his way. He wanted it to be more dark. Just so it, not everything is a, as exposed. But the director wanted more lighting because he just wanted, he, he wanted the viewers to see the full look of Robocop without his helmet on. And I got to give it to the director. I think he made the right call here. I thought I thought it looked great. It didn't look fake. It didn't, I mean, it's, it looks well even after 30 years this movie came out. 35. It is fine. Yeah, because again, you're trying to decipher the humanity of Murphy after being turned into a robot. So it's a confliction amongst himself to try and remember who he was before he died. So it makes sense. Yeah. Well, uh, one little scene I forgot to mention when he was going through the police files as he was leaving the building, I guess, to go to his house. He quickly ran into Ann Lewis and she reminded him who he was. You know, you, you know, Murphy, it's you. And she got in a lot of trouble with the corporation because, you know, you're not because they didn't want any of the cops interacting with Robocop at all. Right. She, she interacted with Robocop, reminding him who he was. And then that's kind of how that helped jog his memory, too. So. But now, since Robocop is his own man, he's starting to think for himself. He realized putting these guys in jail ain't going to do much. We got to basically play vigilante here and really kill and kill these guys for good. We got we to gotta eradicate them from society. But then we get to our next scene. Clarence, he's out of jail. He probably got out on, um, on bail. I'm pretty sure Dick Jones got him out. He goes to visit his office. He leaves his gum at the uh, stewardess desk. And he's such a prick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, and that's what Dick Jones tells him. Look, we need to wipe out Robocop because through his element, he's able to record all of his confrontations he has with all these criminals. And since you told him that you work for me, we got to kill Robocop. And he, and then Clarence tells him, all right, look, to kill Robocop, I'm going to need some bigger guns, some bigger weapons. And Dick Jones is like, all right, don't worry, I got you. And then we later find out all the cops are, you know, are on strike and now all hell breaks loose on the streets. Everyone's robbing. I mean, you it looks like a BLM uh, type of thing. Oh, jeez, you're going that far. <laughs> People just oh, bring yeah. these convenience stores, stealing whatever they can. And then we see uh, Clarence introducing like these. What the hell kind of guns are these? They look like rocket launchers that are not shaped like rocket launchers because they just one shot and it makes a car explode it's very weird it makes a car explode it blows up a it, it could blow a convenience stores but anyway these are the weapons that they were given to by dick jones to take out robocop with and so then we get to the big final showdown at the uh the same factory where uh, murphy got killed and uh it's going it went pretty well i mean i probably my favorite death scene I guess besides the death of Clarence would be the the top the toxic waste guy, because he had like yeah, it was Clarence and three other guys. One of them got shot, and the second one rammed his uh van, his uh truck into a toxic waste bin, 
and he looked like he was all like melted and disorientated. He looked gross. Yeah, and then later he runs into the street and gets run over and goes into like a massive uh, amount of pieces. It was sort of like in Mortal Kombat 3 when somebody explodes and they have multiple bones of the same exact arm that just happen to pop out of their body after they explode. That's what this reminded me of. Yeah, Clarence is in a car chase with uh, Ann Lewis and uh, he runs over his own guy not, not seeing him, of course. And then he tips over his truck. It looks like he's dead, but he gets out, shoots Ann Lewis, nearly killing her. When the Ro Robocop stops him, they, they are, looks like he's about to make a kill on Clarence. But one of Clarence's henchmen drops uh, building parts onto the Robocop. Did damage him, almost killed him, but Ann Lewis is uh, is able to get a hold of that rifle rocket launcher, shoots one of the other henchmen, so now it's just Clarence. Clarence grabs a pipe, stabs Robocop with him, just looks like Robocop's uh, dead. Robocop sticks out one of those like knife blades he has installed in his hand and stabs Clarence right in the neck. Oh! And when he pulls it out, there's that one shot, the blood just drips on Robocop. It is, it is violent. This was probably the most violent uh, part of the movie was this scene here when uh, Robocop's making his comeback. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it, and it was earned. Indeed. So yeah, they, he finally kills Clarence. He's able to help Ann Lewis, takes her to the hospital, I guess. But again... This is, we're not done yet. We still got to confront Dick Jones, the big corporate guy. Robocop goes up to the building, goes to the headquarters. I mean, uh, Dick Jones is in the middle of a meeting with the old man from Halloween 3, basically pitching that, you know, we need to do this, things his way, blah, blah, blah. Robocop steps in, says, you're under arrest. And the old man, he's like, on what charge? How can we, you know, we can't just go by, what are you arresting him for? And then he plays the tape. Dick Jones basically basically admitting to all of his crimes. Well, the main one, murdering his uh, competitor. Yes. And then, of course, that's when Dick Jones realizes, I'm fucked, it's over. Whips out his gun, points it to the head of the CEO, and then that's when the CEO admits, Dick, you're fired. And since he's and... no longer a corporate guy, that gave the Robocop the freedom to do what he wants, and bang, bang, bang. Shot him right out the window. Um, did you see that little animation puppet? Or like that claymation they had of him falling down? I... Probably I didn't notice it because it was near the end of the movie, so... His, probably arms, just... his arms are like longer than his legs. <laughs> it was great. This was 1987, so... Yes. To be forgiven. It is very forgiven. I, I'm not using it against it. In fact, it, it made that scene even better. And then that's mm. the end of Robo, and Robocop walks away, and that's the end of the movie. The 1987 cult classic Robocop. Oh, it's this, fine. this is such a fun movie. I didn't really mind it. It was fine. I thought I was going to like it more because for 30 minutes I'm really into it, but it was okay. It was good. So where 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 are your thumbs be? Would you recommend it? Because I definitely would. You don't need you don't need to ask me. Um, slightly thumbs up. I would say yeah, give it a shot. I, I can see somebody liking this way more than I did, for sure. Mm. But you know, you finally got around to watch a RoboCop, and I'm I'm glad you did. I got I got to get to to more of these action these '80s action movies, especially the good ones. Well, yeah, because the '80s was like filled with action and horror, and 
very innovative stuff because the 80s was a very peculiar time. But yeah, RoboCop, I mean, was floated around, was offered to every major director in Hollywood at that time, and they all shot it down. I guess I guess the title just kind of just threw everybody up, like, RoboCop? Are you serious? It does sound cheesy, and it sounds like a child came up with it, but hey. It obviously worked, because people still... You can tell them who RoboCop is, and they'll know instantly who you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah, RoboCop. I mean, what do you what do you think the RoboCop looked in a fight? Who would win, RoboCop or the Terminator? Mm, I'm biased. I'll probably go with the Terminator. That's just a bias. Only because the Terminator cannot be bought, can't be reasoned with. RoboCop can be programmed to do whatever you want it to do. Somebody's got the hard drive there somewhere. Plus. The Terminator is a created machine, whereas RoboCop is a person that was turned into a robot. So there's always that conflicting thing going on with them. That they were once human before they were turned into a robot. Yeah, they have that human element to them, and then sometimes the the emotions may get the best of may overpower the machine aspect of the RoboCop, as we yeah. saw here in this movie. Correct. You can definitely. See. Definitely honestly, honestly for me, it's a coin toss decision. Yeah, I, I guess you could. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's all depending on what the writers come up with. But as for RoboCop, I hate to say this, but this is the best it's going to get. So it doesn't the, have the epic sequel that Terminator does. It has sequels, but uh, not the epicness to it. RoboCop 2 came out a couple years later. Uh, Peter Weller came back to play RoboCop again. By the time the third one came around, he dropped out because he had other commitments. They got another guy to do it. He did fine, but the movie was just very underwhelming. And then eventually, RoboCop went to television for the next decade or so. I think they did like TV movies, TV movies with them. They did a TV show. I don't hear anybody talking about it, but I do see it streaming on Tubi. I may eventually get around to it. I don't know. Maybe out of curiosity, I'll check it out. And then eventually, I think it was like a decade ago. Several years ago, they made the RoboCop remake. Rated PG-13. Weird, but okay. PG-13, get everybody to watch it, I guess. Yeah, well, your boy Samuel Jackson's in it. Yeah, I see now. Does he say motherfucker? It's PG-13. Come on, they're allowed one fuck. And, and in it, it's, well, if it is, and it wasn't coming from him. God damn it. Jeez. Oh, All right, yeah, it already fails. Yeah, my, my Michael Keaton's in it, too. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember being like, eh, it was just one of the old, one of those typical modern forgettable action movies. It was okay. just, it was just, there was no way they were going to touch the original, especially how violent it was. It was going to be very hard to top. And plus, you know, with Kurtwood Smith as Clarence, you ain't going to top his performance. And that's basically the legacy of RoboCop. He's got comic books, action figures really all because of this movie all because someone had this crazy idea hey what do we have a robo cop fighting bad guys but i like yeah. the approach that they had for this i think this would have just been dark like the terminator i don't think this would have worked it would be, it would have been too much of a copycat i like the fact that they made it more of a satire uh it was more light-hearted in some aspects of it at least definitely the the, the satirical parts but at the same time, they still remember we're an action movie and we're going to be fucking violent and we're going to have a lot of fun with this. We're going to take a, a concept that shouldn't work 
and make it work. And I guess you can argue it did, because we're still talking about it to this day, obviously. Yep, yes it did. Um, I've seen the extended, there is an extended cut to this. I didn't see it, it wasn't streaming, unfortunately. They just, they just had the regular theatrical version. I can't remember if the extended, what scenes are in the extended cut that uh, weren't here, but I definitely want to get around to that again. I've seen this film, obviously, several times grow, you know, over the years growing up. And it's a film that I've always enjoyed. I've always liked RoboCop. Fun movie. And with that said, that's going to do it for this episode of Fractal Skulls. You guys are lucky. We, we gave you guys two episodes. Yeah, you better be satisfied. Don't don't expect to stop. <laughs> yeah. Or, or maybe not. I don't know. It depends. Uh, it, it depends. So that's going to do it for this episode of Fractal Skulls. From Monoxide, I'm Terminator Travis. <laughs> I buy that for a dollar. Fuck you.